Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, the community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. And I'm going to do something a little different here on the introduction. Usually we talk through our great bios and amazing work about us as coaches, facilitators, and just beautiful human beings that I decided to introduce my guest today um, by her quirks and her flaws. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, she is an 6'2 emotional projector, according to the human design. Her fantasy is to be the love child of Alan Watts, Michael Neal, and Neil Jamin. Yes, she recognizes that they're all males, but she really believes the universe will figure that out. She has a thing for dragons, wolves, dandelion tea with coconut milk. We definitely have to ask her about that. Uh, she has a weird habit of leaving the cabinets open. Me too. Uh, she's spoken before crowds of thousands. She's been the mistress of ceremonies for over a thousand weddings. You've been to a thousand weddings. Wow. Her quote is that we have no idea how to do this. On any given day, we're going to just play. And I hit her up and asked her to come play with me. And she is here. And so I'm going to try to do this name pronunciation on my best, best attempt. But here we go. Stephanie Benedito. <laughs> hey Stephanie, how you doing? <laughs> oh my God, Rob, that was probably the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. So let, let me square up some housekeeping real quick. Yes. Can you pronounce all three of the names for me yes. together, please? So Stephanie Benedetto Padovani. Padovani. All right. Yes. Now, we've recently kind of shifted and we only go by the first two. Yes. Which is Stephanie Benedetto, right? Correct. That All is right. right. So what brought on that change? Hmm. Well, I legally changed my name a couple months ago back to my maiden name. So my maiden name was Benedetto. And I was married for, actually technically married for 19 years. I just got divorced two years ago and never changed my name. So it just felt like time. And I can't really say there is no real reason, um, but it was sort of a, a nice closure moving on type of thing. And it felt good. Hmm. So Jeff wasn't pressuring you to give his name back then, right? <laughs> no. In fact, he, I think he kind of liked it. So as you know, Jeff and I are still friends, even though we're ex spouses yes. Which I do want to highlight. I think you're the only person I know that has a program with their ex. <laughs> so yeah, we did. Cool. We did a we did a podcast episode. He was on my podcast. Um, he's a member of my Play Circle membership, and we have we have talks about creating stuff again in the future. We were phenomenal in partnership. We used to talk about the Steph and Jeff show, and yeah. we still do the Steph and Jeff show. And it's a it's actually really a beautiful thing. And and he liked the fact that we had the same last name because he'd go, you know, that's my ex wife. <laughs> and we're still like it was like bragging rights yeah. around that. And I, you know, honestly, I kind of like it too because I, it's cool. Well, it's I fresh. wish more people did that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fresh. It's um, 
it points to something that's not seldom seen in our society. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And seeing you two together is super cool. Where first you'll think brother, sister. And then when you find out X, you're like, oh, wow. And they really get along. Like, it's not faking. Uh, having had an opportunity to, to, to meet Jeff. So that was pretty cool. Well, your quirks. All right. Yes. Now, I'll, I'll circle back to them because there's a few of them I got to talk about. But kind of, I I identified you through them, you know, to, to be funny and to connect with the audience. But if you had to identify yourself to the audience, what would you say? Hmm. I'm going to look fresh in this moment because I love every time you ask me a question like that, I get to do it. How would I identify myself? Wow. I am in love with the joyful creation of the universe. And in particular, like it's always moving in every moment. And in particular, I am drawn to experiment with this and play with this in the realm of business. And so I love to work with entrepreneurs, most of whom are coaches or healers or therapists, you know, the, the givers and the helpers who yeah. have a real mission to help change the world. And I work with them to help them to find the fun and the play and the lightness and the creativity in business. Cause there's a lot, as soon as, you know, we might be really playful other areas of our life, but then when it comes to business, we've got all this thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And it gets really heavy and it feels not fun. And in particular marketing, yes. oh, I have to sell myself. I have to market myself. So that's why I talk about unmarketing and please, I'm going to say right up front, that is completely made up, but so is marketing. <laughs> right? Like we make up this idea of what it means to market and it's so scary or annoying or off-putting or whatever it is. I don't want to do it. It's a drag. And I'll say, okay, we don't. What if you don't ever market your business again? Ever, ever, ever. That's what I call unmarketing. Clean slate. Wipe the slate clean. Now what do you do? What do you love to do? And what if you simply share it? And so that's where I come from in business. It, it really comes from what's inside of you. It's inside out approach to marketing and it's beautiful and it's effortless. And it sometimes takes a little while for people to like actually allow for that to be possible because we have so many made up rules about business and marketing and how it's supposed to be done. But when they do, it can be as joyful as any other aspect in your business. And oh, why wouldn't it be? That's, um, yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, other than the pressure we put on ourselves from the made up stories. But just to go a little bit deeper on that, you actually don't just talk about it. You did it. You literally took your business off of Facebook and, and started through emailing and conversations again, as we would say, the old way. <laughs> Back in the day when we used yeah. to talk to people. Yeah. Right. What has that experience been like? Well, I, I think it was a couple of years ago now, over two years ago, I just had this idea. So many of the people I was talking with were like, oh, I hate social media. And I never had a problem with social media, honestly. I didn't love it. I wasn't addicted to it. I didn't hate it. I liked some things about it, other things I didn't. But I started thinking, like, what if there was a marketing agency where you could go and they would tell you, look, we're going to get the word out about your business and you don't have to do social marketing. And it like a seed was planted a couple of years ago. This was years ago, right? So I just started thinking about it. And I was like, hmm, 
I wonder. So I started talking to people who were also talking about getting off of social media or not using social media for their business. And I did that for like a year and a half. And then things, life kind of conspired. And all of a sudden it just seemed to me, Steph, it's time to stop exploring this. I started writing articles about it. So creating resources and things like that on my blog for people who might want to just give themselves permission to not do it or to do it in a way that's different than what they say you're supposed to. Like you have to show up consistently. You have to be there every day and you have to be in all these groups and you have to have a focused message and blah, blah, blah. Right. No, you don't. You don't (laughs) have to do anything. You can, you could also choose not to. So life conspired events came and I, it just occurred to me was a couple of weeks prior. Steph, it's time to do an experiment. I'm going to leave social media for one to three months. It's been four now, by the way, and see what happens. So I really didn't have a plan. I had talked to people who had really good advice. I didn't follow any of it. (laughs) I just got, now I don't recommend this unless of course, you know, wisdom is telling you to do it. Why wouldn't you? And so that's what it was. I said, let's just see what happens. I'm going to have this, do this experiment. And it was really cool because immediately it was like all of my attention and went inward instead of outward, all that energy I was putting into Facebook, because that's where I primarily was. I just started going, what am I doing in my business now? Hmm. And it led me to, I'm in the process of a rebrand, new website. Um, I revived my podcast, my Wildspire podcast, like all these different ideas just started sparking. I started doing workshops with people like yourself, bringing them into my audience, kind of tapping into the audiences of other people in co-creations, which is so natural and easy. And I love promoting people. I love like showing off their awesomeness in my podcast, in my blog. And like, that's for my client playmates. And that's what I love doing. It was so natural and easy for me. And so it's still a work in progress. And I'm actually feeling right now, like, oh, I may go back a little on a very limited basis, but everything is much more focused now on, it's not about creating content for Facebook. It's about using Facebook as a broadcasting medium to reach people who may be looking for me or someone like me or connected with me, and then invite them into my community, the community of the awakened business, where they can connect with me and and get to know me more deeply and participate in free events and and receive emails and read stories and all kinds of things like that. It just, it feels like the center of gravity changed a lot. Yeah, I remember when I was used to be, uh, I would take all day to find the right picture and the right words to say how I wanted you to look at what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of started changing to why don't I just do what I want you to look at? And then why don't <laughs> I just say, hey, I'm over here if you want to look. And if you don't keep it moving, like it was just I just went through all kind of stages as it pertains to social media. Some weeks I'm good at it. Some weeks I'm not. Uh, but I really don't use it as a means of gaining business anymore. It's just a means of communicating. It's just a platform, you know, so mm-hmm. I've, I've had my own fun times with, with social media. And so people had to think you were crazy, obviously. Right. So you're going to leave. Did. You're going to leave Facebook. What? I, d- I did not make a big deal of it, oh, but I did okay. let people know. I said, hey, I'm leaving and here's how you can follow me. And I think I had, I don't know, 
like 30 people sign up for my email list off of Facebook post where I announced that okay. and people were like, Oh, I want to do it too, but I'm going to see how it goes for Stephanie first before I make the leap. Like, you know, <laughs> Let's Stephanie's see if she my crash and burns first yeah. before. I- <laughs> so funny. And, and I didn't know that it was going to be okay. Cause some people said, Oh, that's great that you could just do that and know that you're going to be okay. And that you're going to keep having class. I was like, no, I don't know that. Yeah. I just know I want to try this. I want to try. I it. just know I'm moved to experiment with this. And I'll tell you what happened. It's like any other limitation in your life or perceived limitation, right? It opens up a whole new kind of creativity. So it's sort of like if you have a photographer, I have a photographer friend who did a whole series of photographs and she limited herself intentionally to a red color palette. So everything was in red. But instead of getting more boring, it inspired creativity inside of that medium and those limitations she placed on it. And so I saw that happen for me. Okay, I'm not sharing on social media now. What happens in the way that I share about my business and in the marketing of it? If I'm not doing it on social media, what arises? And so my attention, just so many other things occurred to me that never would have. And I'm not saying Facebook's bad as far as that goes. I don't think that. But just... I just loved that new ideas occurred to me and it brought life back into my podcast. And I don't know what's different about it. I don't know how that happened. It just did. It just and it was did. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Which that decision prompted, uh, as we say, ripple effects and we never know what happened. But that brought us together to play on a program uh, where I truly appreciate one, you reaching out to me to, to play with you on it, but uh, two, letting me play how I play because mm-hmm. you were like, Rob, you come in and do it your way. And anybody who knows Rob knows that I came with no rules. <laughs> like, okay, with no rules, no nothing. We're just going to create as we go and have fun. And that experience was so cool for me um, mm-hmm. to just see live play in a safe area. Uh, but what did you get back from from people and how did that event for you feel? Because I know how I felt from it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I learned so much. It was such a beautiful learning experience in so many ways. And I'm pretty comfortable with showing up and just seeing what happens. And I get more comfortable in it. But just like anybody else, I have thoughts about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, how is this going to work? I usually catch them faster and realize, oh, I don't need to think that. I don't need to pay attention to that. So just to give a little background, this, this workshop we did that you did was impromptu. So it was an interactive experience. And so just for anyone listening, Rob gave us prompts for different things. He like would say, okay, um, I want you to tell me a story now go and then take an element of that and give it to somebody else. It was like a handoff. It was like, okay, now you're going to write a song. So go write a song. And then somebody else is going to sing a song while this person's writing a song. And then we're going to all perform it together. And everybody's doing one line. It was like, it was a little crazy. It was a little nuts. <laughs> and, That's me. That's all me. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you had us giving a one minute speech to a group of incarcerated prisoners. Yeah inmates and like all these things it was just like an opportunity to step outside our comfort zone just do things without knowing what we we're going to do there's no time to plan it's totally improv and 
so the, what I took from it, I actually wrote a blog post. I don't think I've sent this to you yet, Rob. I've got to send it to you. I wrote a blog post about what I saw in that, the biggest oh, really? things that I saw. Yes, I didn't send it to you. So what I really noticed was I do not know how I'm going to feel until I feel it. I can imagine I'm going to like this. I won't like that. Uh, I'll be scared uh. here. I'll be nervous. So give you an example. About 15 minutes into our workshop, I got kicked off and thankfully yes. <laughs> had had the foresight to make you a co-host so you could keep it going, right? I didn't kick everybody else. So I'm struggling to get on. I'm on my phone. My internet went down. I'm like, what the heck? Didn't bother me at all. I was just like, okay, whatever. Isn't that funny? We're doing impromptu as a workshop and yeah. here we go. We have yes. a real life experience. So I was in and out, in and out, finally connected. My internet came back and I went to get back on to the computer and I accidentally ended the meeting for everybody, right? Completely <laughs> killed the Zoom meeting. And I'm like, oh, and it didn't bother me. Like I so uh, rolled with it. On the other hand, you gave me the task of singing. I think it was a hip hop version of Frere Jaca, right? Yep. <laughs> and I froze for a good like tenor. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, and then I proceeded to give a very pathetic imitation of hip hop. <laughs> So like, I would have thought that I would be totally comfortable with that. Oh, we're all goofing around and playing and having fun. And that was what threw me. That was what the, yeah. How would I know that? And I, and I saw... picked that just so the audience <laughs> know, I picked that because you're a DJ. So I figured, you know, I figured it would be easy. It was kind of like what I thought was going to be the easiest alley hoop ever. <laughs> And you were like, uh, what? <laughs> Rob, I'm a wedding DJ. I was a wedding DJ for 15 years. That's uh, my wedding DJ friends who are actually also talented performing DJs or would kill me for saying that's not a real DJ. So it might be a real DJ, but for me, it was not. For you, it was I not. Got it. I do not mix music. I knew how to go from one song to the next. One song how to, to the play next. songs yeah. that people would dance to. <laughs> And in fact, Jeff was the one who did any mixing that was really required. Really? So I was, that is so I was a lame funny. DJ and oh my goodness. That yeah. is so funny. But what else I love, I remember there was a lady there who, um, there were two ladies who were there in particular that stuck out to me. One found herself in the group by mistake. And she said she stayed because we were just having so much fun. And then there was a lady who was so uncomfortable when she saw what I was doing to everybody, having them put on the spot, that when the meeting cut off, she she was in joy, like, phew, he didn't get to me. But her next thought was, but you got to go back in that room. And she was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have to go back. And it was like, yes, you do. And she came back in and we had a blast with her, you know, with her part of the story. Um, That. That program was just, it, it kind of has sat with me on something to create from it, but it was so much fun. And mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it happen like that before. I remember as an instructor uh, for nuclear convoys. And so I came up with this idea that we're not going to do training by PowerPoint and going through videos. We're actually going to get out in the fields and practice it. Mm -hmm. And so my first day of ride control training the group shows up, they show up, uh, each flight is about 50, 60 people. So they show up and they're all eating and, you know, coming in haphazardly to sit down and what watch what they think is a video on how to do ride control. 
And so we watch a piece of the video. I'm just like, all right, everybody up. We're going outside. And they're like, why? And they get over to the side. It's like, everybody get a baton. Everybody get a shield. We're about to start. I need three or four volunteers. And they're like, what are we going to do? I'm like, you're going to run full speed through the, through the barrier. And they was like, what? And so I'm like, yeah. Like the first time we should practice riot control should not be when there's a riot. Just me. Just me. You know? <laughs> yeah. We got two busted lips, a broken finger, and a broken nose. And I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm. And my commander saw, like, we would have been in a lot of trouble if that really was the event. And so he gave me a blank check, basically, to practice our training as real as I could make it, as long as it was safe and nobody was really, you know, as best as we can. That's kind of like the first time I saw that happening in the principles for me, which seeing how the mind goes and how, like, when I said you're talking to a room full of prisoners, it's 50 prisoners, 25 on death row. And then 25 get out next week. Well, it's the same message. Well-being. Innate well-being. It's the same message. What's going to help them both is the same. But we go, wait, 25 getting out and 25 on death row. It's got to be something different. And those stories get created and we get caught in that. Next thing you know, I can't even talk to them. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like- and wasn't it brilliant what came out of people? Yes. In the, it was like I was so moved. I was moved to tears. So there was a whole range of emotions in that workshop. Mm-hmm. I was feeling everything from panic and freak out and freeze to hysterically laughing, to move to tears. And like, yeah. so touched with that deep peace and the message that everybody was weaving was, giving. Yes. was so beautiful. Yes. And we never could have planned any of that. Yeah. Because it, basically the things we were talking to came from something from the stories earlier. That's mm-hmm. what was so, it's like, if it didn't happen within the meeting, it, we couldn't use it. it. And that's what, again, that made it so cool that everything we created came from the start of tell me a story. And then everything, all the characters and everything just, just played out for there, which I, I love storytelling and, and nice jump off point because storytelling is probably where I fell in love with you. Like hearing you tell stories or write stories is unbelievable you told a story once i don't know if you remember hopefully you do because i'm going to ask you to tell it i'm going to ask you to tell it in some form uh but it was about that little girl and that voice Mm -hmm. yeah if you would just share that story uh it would be great yeah i actually just brought this story back with a little twist i entered into a fiction contest Oh, really? Okay. I'll I'll tell a short version of this story. Okay, perfect. Go. And we'll see how it comes out. So once upon a time, there was a girl with a voice that had the power to create worlds. When she would speak, the ice would freeze on the pond or... The summer breeze would blow through. The animals would follow her through the forest. And also her voice. Sometimes it was beautiful and sometimes it was like a scream. And it would shatter things. And it would create crevices in the earth itself because the energy that creates worlds is also the energy that destroys it. Mm. 
And her parents saw this and were worried. How we can't just let our daughter go around speaking and singing and all willy-nilly. Look at the chaos that she creates everywhere she goes. So they taught her never, never to sing. And she didn't want to hurt anyone. So she listened and she stopped singing that song of the universe. But it was always alive in her heart. And as she grew up, it was stirring and stirring and she couldn't contain it anymore. And so she went out into the woods at night when she thought no one would hear and she would whisper her song to the woods. Everything, the whole town came more alive when she was in it, but it wasn't always an aliveness that people liked. And there was a woman in the town who heard her. She had the kind of sensitive ears that she could hear. She could hear somebody drop a pin about a mile away. And she said, somebody's making a racket out on the woods. We've got to find out who that is and put a stop to it. And so the townspeople came out at night and they found, they found this girl singing in the woods. And they told her she had to stop or they were going to make her stop. And so she quieted down for a moment. But when they left, she said, you know, what if my voice is like everything else? What if I am a force of nature and my voice is meant to be heard? And so from that point forward, she never silenced herself again. And some people followed her because they were inspired by her voice and other people hated her and ran the other direction. But together, they sang their way into other worlds and showed that you never need be silent. There it is. Now y'all can see why I love her, huh? I see. It was so cool, actually, because I didn't tell that exactly the way I wrote it. It was written uh, originally. So, yeah, that's cool. That came out just for you, Rob. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, I just, I really love storytelling. Like, just the how much you can learn. Um, at the essence of what's behind. I think it's, you know, we don't, our leaves from our tree branches are both different. You know, mine are, I know you project as a 6'2", but <laughs> I'm actually 6'2". <laughs> so, you know, uh, the differences in our lives come out in, in various ways, but the essence, you know, the way it comes out, it's the same. You know, love feels like, it does to you, you know, joy feels like it, pain, sorrow, stress, anxiety feels the same for you too, you know. Um, and I just love how people can look at the essence of a story and get what they need for their life, you know, rather than me tell you five steps you can follow to be great. <laughs> uh, one, because I don't know five steps to follow to be great. That's first. <laughs> well, it's a bad idea to use as uh, my marketing, but uh, I just find it that you can get what you need out of the stories. You can reach into them and no matter how many times you reach into the story, you can always pull something different out for yourself. I think that's mm -hmm. what I love most about it. So, man, it's been a, a joy to have you here. And I'm going to throw one last pitch at you. The whole community's listening. Mm. Whole community's listening. Um, what is it that Stephanie I'm gonna put our bad examples would like to say to them? <laughs> oh my goodness. 
what I want to say is I am so, so grateful that I found the three principles and the three principles community. I have such a heart for the desire that everyone here has to share this message that's transformed their lives so powerfully. And if I could tell you anything, because my heart is so in this, is that it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, Rob. The way for you to do that is simply by being you. Share what you've seen. It might be what you think is the simplest, most, most trivial insight. It is not. It is through being yourself, just the joy of being you, that you are changing the world. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind. Have the day you deserve. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.